in for volume 23 of Drunk on Ice. Mark, talk to me about the Flyers. We're just going to jump right in the Flyers draft class, right? Last time you and I were on together was the the uh, the, the monster fired up uh, draft show. By the way, kudos. You held it, you, you, you held it down. For what amounted to, I think, about three and a half hours yeah. of draft coverage, which was very impressive. It was uh, the, the fired up draft a thon. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, that was that was a ton of fun to hop on for those things. Yeah, it was. Thanks for joining me. It was uh, that was a bear. I didn't think it was going to be. I was like, well, oh, maybe the first round, maybe it's two hours, I, you know, but we went an additional hour and uh <laughs> So, uh, and, and can't, and some change, I think. So it was pretty long, but, uh, yeah, I appreciate you joining me. So that was hey, a lot of and fun. Mike, Mike, I, I love this idea that these, the morning drunk on ice shows called the morning skate. I love morning that. Skate, yeah. That's going to have to be a, it may, they may have to be like an opening, uh, an opening segment, the morning skate. I love That's it. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Oh, and Mike, listen, let's not, let, let, let's not hold the, hold the coffee here. Right. Yeah. You are not the only one that oh, cannot yeah. stop watching the the uh, the Matt Bay Mitchkoff highlights from straight out of Russia. I don't want anything from Russia, but I want this guy from Russia, man. Yeah. The the stuff that we're seeing online, man. And now I feel like we're we're getting inundated with the highlights that we would have never seen had he not been drafted here. Yeah. But good God. You cannot be anything. If you're watching those things and you're not impressed, I'm questioning your hockey knowledge. <laughs> yeah, he's um, he's really special. And I think on draft night and, you know, I our our live reaction uh, is on the fired up uh, little clip there of when they yeah. and it was one of the it's one of those things leading up to. You know, all throughout, like, you know, going back to last summer and uh, the terminology used by the Flyers was this, you know, we need high end talent. And uh, after the season that we saw, uh, they definitely need an injection of that. Everybody knows that Flyers are in a rebuild. So when they took him, I think there's this feeling of like, yeah, we're waiting for him. Uh He's under contract in the KHL for for uh, three years. Three more years, yeah. And but when he gets here, um, you're gonna get a you're not getting like your typical aged prospect as much as you are a ready. You know, he's like a you know, pre cooked like he's already gonna be. Uh, he's are he's coming as ready as a star. Yeah, and, like, um, uh, you're talking about a kid who's, you know, draw, you know, and Mike's, I'm sure Mike's all over this, right? But the the comparisons to Ovechkin coming out of Russia from his coaches, from former players. Yeah. And he's going to be hitting, you know, in two to three years, could be right on the upswing of this rebuild, right, where they – they're they're gonna play young guys for the next couple of years, mm-hmm. so you know that they're gonna be picking in the top end of the draft for the next couple of years. So here's a, a great chance for Danny Briere for Keith Jones to kind of stockpile that that youth and, and create just a larger talent pool of players 
Good God, man. I, I just, I love where that's just kind of hit, like it, it's going to hit right in stride with like, when these got right, your your car to go to Yates, right? Your your guys that are in your farm system now, it seems like they're all gonna kind of converge all right around the same time, and they're yeah. gonna be young, right? And that's that's really the exciting part um, for like uh, for the all of this with with Mitch Koff and um, you know, I think from what I've seen uh, highlights and things like that. He reminds me a lot of Nikita Kucherov from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Ooh, okay. And, you know, another Russian star uh, player in the league. And um, that, like, he's just, you know, like, this is, like, the most excited um, Flyers fans have been in a long time. And yeah. I think, like, when we look at where the team is and, and how – you know, how he fits into that future planning in, in three years. You mentioned Cutter Gauthier. He'll be here soon. Uh, and then everybody else. Um, it, it becomes, you know, like, if you're one of the people that believe uh, in a draft, you know, to take the biggest swing possible, uh, Mitch Coffin on, on a pure talent perspective, uh only rivals the only rival he has in terms of like pure offensive ability in his draft class is Connor Bedard, the the census number one overall pick. Yeah. With everything else going on in Russia, this kid falls to seven uh for the Flyers. And it could be it already feels like where it it always kind of felt maybe in the past that uh the Flyers were one of the teams that kind of missed the boat on that guy. Um, they took that guy uh, in this draft, the guy that, you know, maybe in a year's time, you're looking back at it and you're like, wow. Like, how, how did he fall to seven? How did he get right? and, and I think what you're saying, like they, they have always traditionally taken the safer route. Mm-hmm. They've, they've taken the they, they very rarely take the road less traveled. They're always taking the, the plan where even though they know they might be taking a guy who's less talented, they know that it's safer because they're still going to get an NHL-ready player. I think this is a clear delineation between the Flyers of old and this, you know, not not to be kind of corny, but this new age of orange, right? This, 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 I think, could be – we could look back on this in three, five, ten years and see this draft as like an inflection point to say – we're, we're, we're going in a different route. Um, and that's refreshing to see. I think that's why the Flyers have kind of rejuvenated this fan base because this fan base kind of was like dead because they, mm-hmm. they, they had no idea about what was going on. It seemed like the, the, the transactions, the moves, the stuff that, you know, the, it seems like Danny Breer has taken this first, you know, year of, of being in this role to kind of undo a lot of the Chuck Fletcher stuff. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with just kind of like cut bait, move on, get this process started so that we can rejuvenate this roster and look at it from a very different perspective. Yeah. And, you know, you go back to when they hired John Tortorella. And one of the things uh, Tortorella said at the time was that this season – 
this past season was going to be a year where, uh, you know, the Flyers found out who was going to be a part of the plan and who wasn't. And then you look right. at the way the off season had played out. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, Kevin Hayes was moved along. The Flyers traded him for peanuts, but it was clear he wasn't happy here. Um, they buy out mm-hmm. Tony D'Angelo yesterday. Um, and then of in, course, in a, you in a, know, in a, what ended up being a very, very weird scenario. That was bizarre. Uh, we'll have to jump it into pretty, that. Like, like on the surface, it seemed pretty simple. Like it right. seemed like it was like, okay, you, you, you want this guy. Great. We'll take either a guy or a pick or something like how you can't just kind of like settle on like any guy in your farm system or like a future draft pick or like how many times do we see trades that have like somebody gets traded for future considerations and then they figure it out later. Right. It just, and then it seemed like, like, but I was also okay with it because Danny Breer was like done. Like we're moving on. Yeah. It's about one. I think the buyouts 1.5 or 1.6 over the next two seasons uh, that that'll be on their books. It gives them immediate mm-hmm. cap relief, of course, in the first year of uh, buying them out. But I, it's not, you know, 1.5 of dead cap space isn't terrible, you know, not for two years, uh, especially when you're in a multi-year process like the Flyers are. It's really not a bad thing. Um, and plus, you know, it opens up, you know, from a roster configuration standpoint, it opens up. The Flyers are going to be young uh, on the mm-hmm. blue line next year. Um, and... It opens up a spot. I, you know, he clearly wasn't a fit here. Uh, him and John Tortorella seemed as though they had some, you know, some issues. And, um, you know, so uh, they took care of that. And then, mm-hmm. of course, the Ivan Provorov trade, which I don't think was really uh, a Tortorella led charge. I think John Tortorella really respected Ivan Provorov's game. I think it was more that Provy didn't want to be here anymore. Uh, I think he was, uh, upset with uh, the direction of things and, and the losing. And I'm sure that plays a factor for everybody, uh, especially a player that seems to pride himself on, uh, on being competitive. I think that was really rough for, for Ivan and uh, they move him along in a, in a deal that was probably the best trade um, Briere has made this off season. Uh, right. And, you know, the other ones weren't, you know, uh, they the Kevin Hayes trade and things like that. Mm -hmm. They weren't, you know, it wasn't about the future or what you were getting in the deal as much as it was, you know, um, uh, just simply opening up the roster space and uh, moving the player along. Um, And, you know, uh, I think some of those moves will be addition by subtraction for them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They'll open, they'll open up some space for guys to, to compete for roles. I like the Flyers were a little bit more active, I think, in free agency than I expected them to be. Okay. Um, and uh, I really like Garrett Hathaway. I think he's a useful bottom six uh, player. Ryan Poling's a okay. pretty good fourth line center. Um, those guys are going to fill the bottom end of the, you know, the lineup. And um they created a little yeah. bit of internal competition too with the blue line. Uh, with, yeah, uh, I mean, like, listen, you bring in a veteran like Mark Stahl, right? Which, Mark Stahl. Yeah, you know, 
I, I think you know you, you can't have a ton of young guys without having a veteran guy that lets you know like how to operate in the NHL. So I think you know the the Mark Stahl move to me is you know a, a, a move that like didn't make sense on the surface, but kind of when you dig a little deeper, like you need a veteran in there. You can't have a bunch of young kids that are all trying to figure it out at the same time. Yeah. And uh, that's a good point. And like we were talking, uh, you know, when we uh, did our Sixers show just uh, uh, pre break or yeah, before the break, um, similar to like the Pat Bev signing for the Sixers. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I like that analogy uh, for Mark Stahl. He's more of like, it's really not what he's going to bring to the ice. I mean, Mark Stahl's an older player now. He's not the player he once was, but, um, you know, veteran of over a thousand NHL games, uh, played, you know, just came off a Stanley Cup run with the Florida Panthers. Um, you know, if nothing else, he can be a voice in that dressing room. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, um, for, uh, some of those young defensemen and, and, you know, maybe a guy to lean on, he played for John Tortorella as well. So, uh, in the past with the Rangers. So, um, sometimes I think it's good to have that, 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 you know, having players that had played for a coach before in that Mm -hmm. mix where they can kind of, sometimes that message coming from a teammate, you know, is, is a little bit more easily digestible for another player, you know, especially if it's like a sharp message and you're getting like, you know, he's tearing the paint off the walls type of thing. And and you're like, kind of like, what's this dude's problem? And Mm -hmm. like, and, you know, your teammate's like, well, you know, I like, guess is what he's expecting from. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's right, it, right. it becomes kind of like one of those things. Um, so that's a good that's a good element of it. Uh, they signed Victor Mete. He'll come out uh, for the team. I think he's on a two year deal with defenseman. Uh, yeah, it's a two, it, you know, it's a, a it's a one year, two way contract. Right. And then they're yeah. also, you know, the no, the no Cates and Cam York. Right. They get those deals done. Um yeah, they bring it over to the city. Like it, it, I, I, okay, I'm I'm cool with all of it yeah. because you're gonna you're gonna spend the next and and I like that they all are on the same page. Yeah, Keith Jones, Danny Briere, you know, co, co, all the the entire coaching staff. You, you're getting a consistent message, which right. if you're in this rebuild, you are going to need the message to be clear and consistent. From top to bottom. And that's the thing that I love about where the offseason has been, where the draft class is coming through. Like it just it to me, it makes it just makes a ton of sense to be able to to kind of operate this way. Yeah. And it does. It feels like a real clear, concise message uh, that everybody's on board with leaving uh, leading up to this point uh, going in the camp. And um you know, I think right now the only uh, restricted free agent not signed is Morgan Frost, which now with yeah, the Tony yeah, yeah. D'Ang- now with the Tony D'Angelo uh, buyout, they'll be able to get him uh, under get contract. That. Yeah, and, and and they'll be ready to roll for for the season. And I think the 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 pieces fit um, a little bit better than maybe they did before. Um, you know, a returning Sean Couturier to the lineup, a returning Cam right. Atkinson. I think those guys are more John Tortorella players than say, you know, a Kevin Hayes and a Tony D'Angelo. So the pieces fit better. Um, right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's still, there's still watchable talent. 
They sure. are not going. Yeah. They, they, they're in the process of rebuilding the roster, but this roster is going to be young. But it's not going to be like process Sixers, right? Roster. Yeah. Like it's not going to be like let's get the twelve worst guys we can get under contract. <laughs> like they're like I I I still believe that people are going to be really into watching Owen Tippett, right? right. I think people are going to be into watching. You know the 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 Konechnys and, and like the Cam Atkinsons. You you're still the Couturier is still you know a, a Flyers. You know I'm gonna put it in air quotes, but a branded player. Like he's yeah. a guy that people identify with this. And I think you're probably gonna see attendance. You know you're gonna see the attendance spike. You're gonna see it go up because of the message that's being kind of dispersed. That like. Give us some time, but we right. got you. Right. And I think that that was the big, the biggest part of, you know, any kind of fractured trust between uh, the Flyers and their fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a big overarching uh, point that was happening there was that the Flyers were very, you know, it felt like there was no things were all over the place. It didn't feel like there was a real plan. Even if there was the messaging and the communication part of that was not great. Um, so now I think like, and I, and you know, that's, what's different and, and cool and unique about uh, hockey in Philadelphia is that if you mm-hmm. give us a clear plan and a team that, you know, cares, uh, even if they're short on talent, people will come out and they'll, they'll want to see them. So it's, it- Here's the message. If you're an athlete coming into this town, yeah, play hard, be honest. This right. city, you do those two things, yeah, and this city will love you. Yeah. You know, yeah. We are this we are forever the city that loves like the 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 last guy on the bench that comes in and tries really hard. Right. And we'll 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 make cases for that guy to be in the starting lineup, even though he does not belong there. It's like, let's not make this complicated, play hard, care, and, and be honest. And you're going to be okay in this town. Right. Yeah. And and it's uh, a lot of those things are really kind of uh, hallmarks too, of like, I think back at some of the, like the most beloved flyers teams uh, that was always something that um, I think all of those teams had in common was that mm-hmm. they were all kind of bring your lunch pail to work kind of teams. And uh, yep. the city really resonates with that. And I think the flyers in the past have always been a good representation of Philadelphians that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people feel the way they do about them. Um, but um, so it's a good thing for, for the team uh, coming into this season. It feels like there's a plan in place and it's well communicated at this point. And yes. You know, um, we'll see what happens when camp starts, you know, then we'll get down to the the nuts and bolts of, you know, who's going to play with who and what and what line and all that other stuff, all that fun stuff. So we'll get into that in a couple months, you know. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And listen, the just to go back to the draft for half a second. Yeah, right. They take Oliver Bonk in the at the back end of the first round, which, you know, the son, you're taking the son of a former NHL player, so you know that sure. there's some pedigree there, um, yeah. in terms of his, you know, his father, you know, Radic Bonk. Um, the 
the next two picks were the picks that really sent up the red flags in conjunction with another play, uh, another player transaction. Yes. Which is at 51 and 87 in two consecutive picks, they take two goaltenders. Yes. And they've also obtained the contract of the goalie that they've been stashing in Russia. Mm -hmm. What does this tell you about Carter Hart? Yeah, it's a really, you know, the, the that's a big investment. It is. It is. And I'm a, I'm a, we're not talking about seventh round, right? right. We're talking about the 51st pick and, you know, and, and, you know, the guy that they get Carson Johnson is essentially what we thought was going to be the, the number one goaltender. So there, I, I get that there's value there, right. But to take two guys consecutively, and you're bringing Fedotov over, like there's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of this has to do, um, you know, like it's really right now. There, I mean, there's reports dropping uh, now being reported about the hockey invest, uh, the hockey Canada investigation from 2019. Carter Hart was on that junior team, uh, you know, and there's more and more coming out about it now. We don't know any names, but apparently that's coming soon. And it's really kind of like, there's a lot of players on that team. Yeah. Uh, that. I don't know if their names have been involved in, in trade discussions, but there are guys that are kind of still floating out there. Like Max Comtois, who was an Anaheim duck. He was on mm-hmm. that team. Uh, he seems like somebody that uh, a team would have taken a, a you know, just from a pure hockey perspective, someone, a team, an NHL team would have uh, taken a, a look at. Uh, he's unsigned still. And I, I think okay. that kind of shows us, you know, um, you know, I don't know if his name's coming up and things or whatever, but when it comes to the flyers and the goaltending thing, I, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, always drafting goalies because they're so difficult to, to project mm-hmm. um, that having a bunch of them in your system isn't a bad thing. Um, and, you know, the guys that they took in this, in this draft, they'll be a couple years away, but it does look like they're preparing for life without Carter Hart. Um, yeah. And, you know, re- regardless of whether that's the case or not, it, it certainly appears that way. Uh, in addition to those draft those draft picks, I mean, they acquired a goalie this year, uh, this offseason, and Cal Peterson, who's going to be yeah. probably on the roster, I'd imagine. And then we saw Sam Erson last year; he played well. Felix Sandstrom still around too, so it's like where there's a did lot. It... There's a lot of guys. <laughs> there's a lot of goalies, and there's only one net. Like, yeah, it's there's not only... like a, it's it's not like a position like center for right any yeah. of those on ice positions. You're talking about a position on your roster where you're going to carry two, maybe, maybe yeah, three. If you, if you, yeah, if you have to, you carry three, you know. Um, but, like, uh, it, it's a I, – I get what you're saying. It's just, to me, it screams, like, exactly what you were saying. At some point, I just don't know when it is. I don't know yeah. when that shoe drops where they commit to say – this is the peak of where his 
talent is going to give us the most value in return. Right. And they just decide to kind of move on. I, I don't know if that's mid-year trade, like if that's like a deadline trade where somebody, you know, is making a cup run and they need a, a, a young, talented kid. I just yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I don't it's... want I, I don't want to move on from them because at the same time, in three years, when this talent pool kind of circles back, yeah, he's still gonna be young. He's still going to, he'll be what, 27, 28? Yeah. When this roster is going to start making that upswing back. Yeah. Which is right in that neighborhood where goalies kind of like hit their stride. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big, that's a big part of it uh, here is like, that's why I think I, I, you know, I've also said in the past on, on these shows and I've said with Mike on, on fired up that, um, I think I would walk Carter Hart up to his UFA year and reassess okay. where you are um, just because, you know, you don't want to lose an asset for nothing. You never want to in, in an I, in an ideal situation, you don't want to lose uh, an asset for nothing, but it, it's uh, it doesn't always work out that way either. You know, uh, sometimes yeah. things happen and, and, and plans change, but I, I wonder, you know, uh, this hockey, this hockey Canada investigation looms large over the NHL as a whole right now. Um, you know, um, I think a lot of people are bracing for uh, the worst here and, you know, how bad do you think it's going to be? I have to, I, I think it's gotta be pretty bad. I mean, the, the, the report that came out yesterday had said something as, as many as like eight players. Uh, you're talking about like eight players of a 22 man roster. Uh, and I mean, like the odds aren't good if you were, you know what I mean? If you're no. on that team and I mean, you're essentially talking about like about a third of the roster. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, um, it's concerning and it, it, it deserves the utmost, uh, you know, seriousness and, and I yeah, can understand absolutely. why it, it puts everything in a holding pattern for players that were a part of those teams. It'll be interesting once it kind of comes, you know, if Carter Hart's not a part of it and there's no legal, you know, he's not involved in any kind of uh, situation, then it'll be interesting to see really if that trade stuff ends up picking back up. That's uh, true, yeah. You know, because I don't think anybody's going to acquire any player who was a part who were on those teams, whether they were, whether they were involved or not, right. uh, with this thing kind of looming over the whole league. You don't want to then yeah. acquire somebody who then, uh, you know, is going to be involved, you know, is pro- likely going to get suspended and then uh, is going to be involved in a court case. You know, it, it's it seems very um that, that, that doesn't seem like a risk anybody's willing to inherit at this point. If you already have a player that was, you know, a part of the investigation. So, yeah, listen, Mark, anything you want to, you want to jump on before we head out? Nothing much. I think I, I I got, I, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't bring up the, (laughs) the press conference. Okay. So part of me also said when this whole thing happens the other day, why are we still doing zoom press conferences? Right. Like, can we, can we not just like 
fly the guy in. Yeah. I don't even care. You got you got to pay for a coach. Like fly the guy in, sit him in front, have him answer yeah. questions, fly him home. Why are we <laughs> like? I, I I get why we did it for that whole stretch of time, but you can fly the guy in. Like sure. it might cost you a couple hundred bucks to fly the guy in. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on. But that being said, right. And if you missed the audio from this, right. And and forgive me, Mark. Who who were they interviewing at the time? It was uh, Garrett Hathaway. And okay. I, I believe the reporter was uh, Gina Han from the Inquirer. Was the one that okay, asked. Okay, so the Gina Han asks asks a question, very pertinent to what you know. I'm sure that that you know. You've been in those situations, right? Where you're sure. asking guys yeah. questions, you're you're trying to angle it for a story that you probably you know you're trying you're you're trying to write in a certain way, mm-hmm. and then the 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 mics are like molten lava; they're hot, yeah. And they pick up somebody on the flyers end who's essentially like talking shit about the team. Going, how many times are we going to fucking answer this question? Yeah, yeah. And you know, talking about the Flyers not being good, right? And we we know all that. The Flyers right. have been very transparent about that, right? Like, if if you're the reporter, how how do you how do you handle that? <laughs> it's a it's a weird situation, um, right? I I have not been on um too many. Like, I don't. I've been on a couple Zoom press conference calls uh i've never like asked a question during one so i i've i'm not really sure how that but you do get like you know you do get like you you could ask a question like that's the thing do you remember a couple years ago i believe it was the uh the sean watson thing uh he was Uh, asked a question yes he was asked a question and, and and i mean like the reporter got dragged online for what a dumb question uh, people thought it was. And Deshaun Watson gave this really detailed, uh, really good answer. And I, you know, the question itself, there was a, it was the question uh, Gina asked was not a, like when you, when a new player comes in and uh, uh, you're in the situation that like the flyers are asking that player, why, um, why Philadelphia, why the Flyers when they're in this position, you know, why would you want to come here is a, is a fair question to ask. It's a bit of a softball, but softball questions aren't necessarily bad questions. I don't think they, they have, they shouldn't have. You you don't ever know what they're going to say. You don't know what they're going to share about why it could be a relationship with a former player staffer. It could be just that they have a desire to be part of, a rebuild like you don't know yeah. and yeah that, that's essentially why you ask those open-ended questions because you don't know you know what that response is going to be but i thought the way that the flyers handled it right. was like right on point to say like they jumped right on it yeah and you that that is a good sign that they're yeah. not waiting for those things to kind of like they got out ahead of it before social media and anything right. else got a chance to like kind yeah. of drag them through the mud a little bit. Yeah. And it was one of those things too, where, you know, the person on the media relations side or uh, whoever it was uh, on that call that said those things, um, 
and there was two people, I believe. There, there was a a girl's voice that was like, "Why would you want to come here? The Flyers suck," or something. Right. Like that. <laughs> and, and it's like you know, uh, I'm assuming they're young, uh, the people that were on that. Yeah, you know, and it's you, you it's, can only imagine, right? They're, you learn from it behind the ears a little bit. I, I actually, uh, at my previous job, I had an instance like that. Actually, I was on a call um, for work, and uh, I was like in an editorial role at the time. And I'm on the call, and I'm uh, I'm sitting there, and I don't realize my mic's uh, like on, right? And there i had i did it wasn't anything derogatory but it was like i there's a younger reporter that looked young on the call and they he was running through story ideas and uh, my girlfriend was sitting next to me and she said like oh who is that and i'm like oh yeah this is our junior reporter you know and he's like legit like he's been around he probably worked there longer than i had you know (laughs) and then (laughs) Another reporter jumps on and he had purple hair. So I made like, he had like, his hair was dyed purple. Right. So I made a comment about it. And then like, you know, someone comes over like, Hey Mark, your mic's on. And I I was like, Oh my God. Like I thought I was going to lose my job. Like (laughs) it wasn't bad, you know, but it's a, it was a lesson. It was a lesson. Yeah. You you hope, you you hope that they use it as a learning experience, but like, yeah. You know, it's, it, it, it becomes a teachable moment, but it's, it's teachable in the way where I'm sure they probably got the don't do that shit again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they heard about it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's just, the, you know, it's the age too. Like, you know, like you were saying about the zoom calls and stuff and still doing the zoom calls. It's just like the, the, the age we live in now, like the technical age of just, yeah. And those things are, um, potential, you know, those things can happen. And yeah, Absolutely. And um, yeah, so I, I, it it was treated with the up uh, with the right kind of tone, I think, and you know the the flyers addressed it, and uh, I'm sure those uh, media relations or whoever it was on the uh, on the call, I'm sure they got a talking to about it, and you know it was sure talking a, a, a Zoom one hundred and one, how to turn your mic off. <laughs> yeah, so uh, but it was a it, it was I mean it was funny, it wasn't like you know yeah. Uh, and the question itself, I was, you know, I was going to mention too about the question at like uh, what we were just saying about the question and things like that. Um, those those kind of like softball questions also give a player, and I think a lot of players and athletes appreciate that. Is that sometimes those softball questions allow you to kind of like maybe pander to the audience a little bit? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I signed with the Flyers because you know of the city and the organization, and like it kind of gives you a chance to kind of talk it up a little bit. And I think the players uh, in those instances, it, it helps you develop a rapport with uh, the team uh, or the uh, uh, you probably you're probably in the players good graces for for doing that and not just coming out with like these, you know, super hard questions. Yeah. I do think there's a method to that badness there where you're at, you know, sometimes softball questions kind of just gives you an opportunity to maybe ask a follow-up or, or whatever the case is uh, yeah, absolutely. in that instance. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, well, Mark, next time we'll talk, we'll, we'll, I'm sure the roster will look slightly, maybe a little bit different. We'll talk, yeah. we'll, we'll, you know, kind of reconnect, but uh, it's been cool kind of connecting on the, on the, on the hockey scene, but we'll, uh, you know, 
go 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 check out all of our stuff. Check out the links. Check out the the link tree with all the sponsors. You know, go check out their good stuff and uh, you know, be on the lookout for some content. We're gonna split this video up into a couple different segments. So uh, yeah, but go outside. Have a great weekend, everybody, and uh, we'll catch you later. Peace. Von C. Brewing Company is a 20-barrel, 16,000-square-foot microbrewery with a 2,500-square-foot tasting room, including a spacious outside beer gardens in Norristown, PA, in the heart of Montgomery County. The Von C. family is part of the family that started C. Schmidt and Son Brewing in 1860. Stop in Wednesday through Sunday and taste a variety of draft and 16 ounce cans of originally brewed beer and tell them the Drunk on Broad crew sent you. Vonsi Brewing is located at 1210 Stenbridge Street, Suite 300 in Norristown. Cheers! Team Clicks are the only glasses for real sports fans. With interchangeable arms you can support all of your favorite teams or even make and create custom options as well. These die-hard sports fans have realized that sports fans needed something other than face paint to show their love and passion for their teams. Go to teamclicks.com slash DOB and show your love for your hometown team. La Torrens curated collection of men's and women's watches is a perfect investment that lasts for years to come and fits perfectly with your every outfit and style. Our range of classic watches aren't just a great perfect formal and casual accessory, but a time machine that takes you back to memories. Explore our collection of timeless watches that can reflect your taste, personality, and personal style. Our exclusive collection of carefully curated affordable luxury watches is what you need to make a personalized style statement. You can take pride in your prized possession, handing it over to the next generations as your most loved asset that they can also own and display with the same pride. These high quality pieces stand the test of time, giving exceptional value and return on your investment. Go to lobs-touring.com and use code DOB at checkout and get 10% off. If you're looking for unique sports apparel, check out Streaker Sports. They've dug deep into the archives and have brought back some incredible defunct team logos and have even created entire defunct league collections. They also have collections paying homage to sports culture including the Miracle on Ice, Slapshot, Kadishak, the Mighty Ducks, and even have a license with Wiffle Ball and USA Hockey. Only for Drunk on Broad listeners, use code BROAD at checkout to get 10% off anything at streakersports.com. Again that's 10% off anything at streakersports.com with discount code BROAD.